Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm here at RMIT University in Melbourne, and I'm presenting Talking Design. I'm here with uh, architect Emma Young, a co-director of Fui Architects, who's has been occupying occupying quite a um, an important place in Melbourne's architectural um, scene for quite some time. Uh, Emma, welcome to the show. Hello, Stephen. <laughs> I was mentioning to you we were talking about the minimalist box, and I think you were saying, you know, how can you live there? Or you know, it's very specific. And I think, well, I think what's lovely about your work is there's that sense of engagement. And even though it's very serious architecture, there's also this delightful um, sense of humour. And so I think it's it's where my head's going to at the moment. But it's also, I think, where your head's been for a number of years. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Emma, maybe we'll start with the latest offering, which was a large Victorian house terrace in Fitzroy and from the front it's heritage listed and you did you know you restored it or it's basically in its original condition and then inside you've just literally recycled and added but in a way that's quite unique it's not just recycling for the sake of recycling which is happening an awful lot at the moment where people are just throwing things at things that they've had and tell me a little bit about the project oh well the um the project really started um, on another site. Uh, we, we met the, the clients who um, have become wonderful friends of ours um, when they, they, they had another site, and unfortunately it didn't go ahead. Um, the, the, they had enormous difficulty uh, with reconciling the fact that the neighbours didn't want them to, to, to do it. Um, the neighbours ended up taking them to VCAT and... Uh, even though um, our clients backed away from it and didn't put forth an argument, uh, council supported it at VCAT and, and it actually won. But in the the the, oh, the, the, the year or so that it, that transpired, um, our clients had actually given up on that particular property and found another one that they preferred. So they ended up switching it. And we were so disappointed because they're just such wonderful people. And we thought, oh, no, finally we found these wonderful uh, clients. Well, not finally. We've always been blessed, let's face it. But, um, but we, you know, these unique. guys were wonderful. You know, we knew we, we had a wonderful rapport and our kids were kind of similar age. And anyway, they when they approached us and said, actually, we found the good news is that we found another place. You know, the bad news is that one went... That and that one's... one was going to be a brand new house. No, it wasn't. It was going to be alterations and additions okay. as well. But but the reason that I'm giving that background is that that really uh, influenced some of the decisions with this with this particular house. Uh, they were very uh, conservative about um, respecting the neighbours, about really taking care of them, the fact that they really wanted to live in this house for a really long period of time. They wanted to have a wonderful relationship with their new neighbours and um, and any objections, regardless of you know what they actually were, um, were taken very, very seriously and, uh, and so uh, with the absolute respect. So they actually made the decision not to extend very much, but they wanted to make the best use of the site. So, so that therefore... Um, we we did a massive habitable basement, so so that sort of became the most 
important feature of the house. Was there a basement there originally? No, there wasn't. Um, and actually defining the extent of the basement in terms of its maximum footprint um, was quite challenging in itself. I mean, there's a great deal of waterproofing and um, underpinning and um, uh, just all sorts of shenanigans that, mm. that, that happen, you know, digging out the entire site, basically. Mm. Um, and it, it was a fairly challenging footprint in that there wasn't anywhere to store things on site other than the part of the house that was being retained. Uh, so so what we're, what Fui architects are, are interested in is is sustainable future proofing. So so most of our projects have sustainable features, you know, energy and, and water efficient features. Um, they promote resilience um, so that they adapt to change over time and also so that the materials endure. Mm. But um, but we most importantly, we like to reconsider, uh, redefine what people would nor- normally consider to be waste um, and to actually incorporate materials that couldn't be retained in their uh, previous state. So, so the items that had to come out and were beautiful in, mm. in some particular way or useful or resilient from, from the old parts of the house were carefully inventoried, stored. Um, Almost and, like a curator. Yeah, yeah. We really... Um, and the builder was wonderful. He, he was absolutely supportive of this idea and um, and uh, we, we worked... Uh, we we had we'd, we'd already thoroughly documented, inventoried everything, so we tried to make life easier so, for the builder. But but we, it, we when we re uh, redesigned the, these existing pieces into the new parts of the house, we did it in a way that that had meaning. So it's it's really important for so us that it's meaningful. For those who can't see the house, it is quite extraordinary. You've got this central core that goes through the three levels with the circular staircase, which is obviously new, and then going through, piercing through the three levels, are floorboards that have been transformed into a chandelier, you call it. Well, they're they're not actually floorboards. They're actually the existing stair treads. So the old stair was really beautiful and windy and non-compliant, and there were a few safety issues. Um, and as well as that, it didn't go. It was it was located towards the front of the house. The basement couldn't go past a certain point. So um, and the clients really, really wanted to have one single stair, not two stairs. So with a transfer mm. level. Uh, so it it really had to go. And um, and we 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 thought, you know, what if it could turn into a chandelier that hangs over mm. the new stair? Um, so that it actually stays as part of the stair kind of area and really celebrates the fact that that the new stair was there. Similarly, the um, the reason I talked about the basement earlier was that that really provided this opportunity because without doing the basement, we wouldn't have had a three-storey stair. And three-storey stairs are so much more spectacular than a two-storey well, well, stair. The other thing is it becomes a light well. And the other thing that you've done that's very interesting is that you've recycled windows and made a... Uh, a multi-leveled wall windows using recycled windows. They're obviously on site. Mm. Quite breathtaking. And you were explaining the reason for that, that they're, they're very thin glass. Well, it's single, single glazed windows. Um, uh, I mean, it's very important in Melbourne, uh, given the extremes of weather and, you know, basically the whole building industry, the Building Code of Australia uh, now requires increased thermal envelopes. So um, so when you're doing an old uh, renovation of an existing house, you try and 
improve the thermal envelope as much as possible. So all of the existing windows that stayed in the old parts of the house were retro double glazed. Those that were uh, removed and salvaged and, and upcycled, we had to find a place for them that actually suited the fact that they were still single glazed. And because we had to get light and air into this habitable basement, the new habitable basement, it was just such a wonderful opportunity to make this entire wall out of all of the windows. And I think we were one short, so we put a door in. Um, which is kind of the sneaky door on the, the stair landing that, that goes nowhere. The, for the rear facade of the house is uh, like a herringbone, not a herringbone, a tapestry of bricks, recycled bricks, patchwork, if you like, um, from the original home, the bricks that you took out? Yeah. Yeah, um, we, we used the, um, the uh, surrealist technique of cubomania to catalogue, reuse and, and reinvent the uh, salvaged materials from the existing house. And so we basically applied a grid over the parts of the, the back of the house that was to be demolished. And then we, we cut it up using a pair of scissors and we, we basically made, did a, a bit of a, a, a bricolage uh, and... Uh, came up with this with this pattern and so we, we we applied the the functional layout because you know let's face it you have to get the master plan right so with with, with all architecture you know you've, you've actually the, the the primary sort of thing is is to, to create a functional areas that suit the family that actually enable people to do what they do best so we put windows where they needed windows but essentially I mean it, it, you, it was a wonderful opportunity to reuse some of the existing things the slate from the existing roof and you've also reused you've also reused uh, wrought iron gates as window shades. That's right. Which is interesting. It is interesting because we're, um, some of them were from the original house, but some of them were not. Some of them were probably a couple of those elements were added during the 70s and 80s during various renovations. And, you know, some people might consider that that's a little bit that's inappropriate. inappropriate but we're, we're actually more interested in reusing resilient and beautiful materials we're not really interested in tr tracing um you know the original restoring the original history uh, and and ditching the rest and i think that's that's a really important part we we, we like to actually celebrate mm. the changes that have happened to this house throughout its lifetime not pretend that they didn't happen um emma on the downside that meant that the builder who was very patient was starting to to deliver recycle materials to your own home because there was nowhere to store them on site. <laughs> and how did you uh, deal with that? No, he he actually had a warehouse and um and uh he he did utilize the existing parts of the house as well. But we did get inherit a few bits and pieces that were left over at the end of the job. <laughs> he just he did sort of towards the end his um he just said, uh, what am I gonna Enough. do with this? Um and I said, Oh look, if nobody wants it, we we'll have it. And so we were just around the corner. Emma, on a serious note, I mean this this, this trend towards recycling and layering has really been happening for about, I'd say, probably five to ten years, probably strongly in the last couple of years. How do you feel when you just see recycling just for the sake of recycling, where people have just obviously gone for a look and really it's fashionable now, so we'll throw in a few old things here and a few old things here, we'll distress it here. When you walk into a space, when do you know when something's has it's legitimate and has that soul, and then something's just for trend. 
Oh, to be honest, I, I find inspiration in most places. I'm not much of a critic. Um, I tend to admire that people have had a go and, um, and I also, you know, where I can get it, well, I'm constantly learning. I'm getting older and mm. as I get older, I realize how much there is still to learn. And I find that some of those things, regardless of how well they're how done, well they're done, I can still learn something from them. Maybe I learn how not to do it in some yeah. instances, yeah. and in others, you know, people are amazing. They think of all different yeah. things, and um, I find it all quite inspiring, actually. The other place that resonates in my head, and I wrote on it many times over the years, is this warehouse in. Um, Thornbury. Thornbury. And I think I must have written about every element in the place. Um, but it was an interesting project because it, it was... You actually had to introduce a courtyard, and it's also a very colourful project and required a certain client who would actually see the vision. How did that start? It started... Um, we we knew that the clients were ready, so they... they we, they were personal friends, and um, and they they bought this warehouse, and they had no idea what to do with it. They didn't know that they wanted to live there. They didn't know whether they would turn it into. Um, it, it's actually an arts and crafts gallery, but it also doubles as as a home if if you need mm. it to. And I I think that's one of the uh, adaptation and reuse principles that we that we talk about using this project as an example is is flexible spaces that can do more than one thing. Um, the, look, the, this celebrated the resilience of the existing trusses because we ended up using the the, stru the existing structural layout determined where the courtyard walls would be placed, and um, and it was just such a wonderful size. So it created this quite large internal out indoor outdoor kind of space at the front of the house, um, which was also north facing, um, but. What determined the colours was uh, the clients couldn't decide which colour. They just loved colour. And um, and I said, give me some indication of the colours that you like. And they said... Everything. Everything. I like that blue. I like that yellow. I like that red. I like, you know, I just can't decide. All colours are just so beautiful. So this really did start off as a minimalist box. And um, we had to put in new new windows that had increased thermal envelope thermal value and um and uh it just became this opportunity i think the stripes the striped and all the different colors sort so of came to me light. one night when I'm, <laughs> i couldn't sleep and i was lying there thinking I, i've got it and i jumped up and and drew it up and sent it off and they loved it. and um, So there's coloured in the lead light surrounding the courtyard, there's coloured laminate in the kitchen, there's coloured lead light in the windows. It's called kaleidoscope because it actually, it's a gradation of colours from one uh, spectrum to another. From mauves so to goes pinks from, to greys. Yeah, greens to, greens to yellows to oranges to reds to purples to back to blue and so forth. Yeah, Emma, do you find people very... Um, conservative when it comes to using colour? Are there those who just go, no, I can't deal with it? I mean, it is just a paint colour and it can be removed or it's a laminate can be changed. Do you find there that you're working in two camps where those who embrace it and those who just say definitely not? Yeah. Uh, because the, we do. Because we do. the the, um, the Fitzroy house really doesn't have a lot of colour, except One in the artwork and 
Yeah, I think the reason for that was that they knew that the clients knew that they had quite a few coloured collections of their own, so they mm. didn't want to put a lot of colour in. But it's interesting that you should say that because um, earlier design takes on on the back facade actually did feature quite a bit of coloured glass and the only reason it came out was the complexity of incorporating coloured glass in a double glazed steel framed environment um so, so they, they were prepared yeah they were yeah. actually prepared to have colours and so i think that when that came out they uh, they did go for a few more subtle techniques so there's a little bit of color in the um in the kitchen you can't really see it in that photo yeah. but in a bit of the kitchen splashback yeah. and uh certainly in the bathroom tiling they they put it back in how do you tend to work a design is it a collaboration or you know how does it work with you and peter ho <laughs> do you tend to kind of say look emma i think you can run with this job or I think this is more you or... Oh, definitely not. We um, we uh, would be lost without each other, to be honest. Um, he's... Pete's wonderful. Um, he he is very out there. He, uh, he thinks of all these wonderful, insane, kind of crazy ideas and... Do you pull him back? I make them happen and sometimes pull them back and sometimes say that's not that's not going to fly and sometimes I say that's you know it's not it's just not out there enough keep going <laughs> so I push him a bit harder and um we've been together for such a long time and and working together for such a long time that we we admire each other tremendously which um which we always listen to what each other has to say and but most importantly our clients are a big part of what we do so mm. listening to them is mm. is is critically important um, all of our clients have their own ideas on what they like and what they don't. And, mm. and so if we listen carefully and incorporate that into these crazy ideas and then turn them into reality, then it can become quite wonderful. Your own home's been a bit of an experiment, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, it has. And it's continual work in progress. And tell me a little bit about that, because it is a, an interesting townhouse. Our own home was... Built in uh, in the nineties, I think it was. It was built. I think we inherited it when it was seven years old. It was really cheaply built, but the windows, large plate, plate glass windows, faced north, so they kind of had things in the right place. Um, but it was very small. It's seven and a half meters by seven and a half meter footprint, it's and tiny. it was only had half. It had half an upper story. So we the first thing we did when we moved in was extended the upper story internally so that we had two floors. Um, and we've really done primarily the interior so far. The front of the house still looks dreadful, which is a wonderful security technique. <laughs> when you say dreadful, what does it look like? Dreadful. <laughs> awful it looks hideous it's it's basically this, is this blue box with a hat on top it's got no the house has no eaves it's um it's minimal it's a very unattractive house and um we have it's on our drawing board at the moment we're actually doing it finally we're going to do the front of the house we're going to extend the front we've got a tiny little back uh, front yard and so for some time it's it 
the cost value of extending the front is, you know, by the time we rip off the existing front and extend it three metres in basically a triangle, it's... um still small. It's still going to be small, but um, we're actually quite clever, at, if I say so myself, about doing internal... Uh, doing small, really cool things out of small spaces. Um, it's it's one of our, our skills is actually, because we're so used to living in these tiny little spaces and our office in the city is quite tiny as well. So, But you so did we, something very interesting with your own office in the city. I'm just trying to remember what you did, but it was very clever. It recycled again. What was the recycled component in your office? We used a lot of... Um, Carpet. Oh, oh carpet right. couches. <laughs> That's one of our things. We, we we like to make couches out of out of carpet. Uh, carpet has an in- extremely high embodied energy. It's it's one of the first things that people rip out when they are renovating. Um, often it's because the colours just not quite right, or maybe the edges are in better condition than the the centre of the carpet. So the whole thing just gets tossed out. So what do you do with it all? It just goes to the tip, and um, that's just a little bit heartbreaking when you've got kids who are you know who quite like to inherit a world that's not just full of rubbish um so we we um we we like to take advantage of these actually take responsibility for the waste that that's produced along the way so uh we we've wrapped up quite a few old bits of carpet and turn them into couches. We've got one at the um, the entry of our office, which is the, the public area downstairs. It's a, a red carpet couch in the middle of the city, which um, also contributes a great deal of urbanity to that part of the street. It's a, a meeting place for a lot of people actually come in there and, and meet one another at lunchtime before they go off to a cafe or something like that. So we're really proud of contributing something to the city. But it's also a, a pretty cool space. Um, uh, and yeah, we've got a carpet couch upstairs in the office with a cutout of Miss Vandero smoking a cigar, which um, you know we contemplate less is more. Is is it really? What do you do with the leftovers? And um, on most of our projects, we actually do like to reincorporate as many of the leftovers as possible. So um, Mees would have probably preferred concrete or a hard surface. <laughs> probably I would have. I don't think he would have been too fussed about the leftovers, to be honest. What? What stage of a process do you actually get the most excited about? Is it when something's finished or is it when the people have moved in or is it just sketching out something or on the computer that you've got an idea? What kind of ticks all the boxes for you, Emma? Uh, I really am thrilled to be doing every part of it. Um, there's not a, there's not many parts other than reviewing shop drawings that I don't really like um, as, as part of my job. So you delegate um, that to someone else? <laughs> no, no, I try to, but actually you have to take responsibility for that as well. But um, yeah, um, no, it's it's all good. Um, I, I love huggable clients. We 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 love having um, clients that we can you know have share a joke with and. Um, and you know that we can work quite closely with i mean it's architectural projects as you know tend to take Time. twice as long as what most people actually think that they will and what um, do you think is a reasonable time for a renovation on site or beforehand the whole process so from oh. discussions with clients through to implementation handover of the key what do you think is i mean obviously for um for a significant renovation, um, you'd be 
absolutely lucky to get it done within a year. And the reason is largely town planning. Town planning is has become an incredibly onerous process and it's it's something that we have no control over. And You can sit in planning for months. It's very difficult to manage people's expectations relative to planning what people might, what the council might ask, what's important to them at that particular time. Things are constantly changing and you never know which neighbours will be supportive and which ones won't. People are constantly surprised when they've had wonderful relationships with their neighbours. They take and show them the plans and the, and everything seems to be going just wonderfully. And, the and then you get an objection and they, they take are prepared to go all the way to VCAT. And, um, it's quite heartbreaking. And Is it I at mean, that point it's better to try and bring the neighbour in and discuss with them the issue? Oh, they've done that already. I mean, seriously, this is we, we actually recommend that mm. and still sometimes doesn't quite work. I, th- I think people are very precious about... And I'm not criticising the neighbours. I mean, we've had the shoe on the other foot. Everyone's mm. been there. Everyone's lived next door to a, a project that they're a little bit nervous about. So, I don't know. It's um, it's just the way it is. But um, as a consequence, you just don't know how long things will take. Uh, in terms of building on site, we tend to t- tell people to expect a year. Mm. Um, the design and documentation process. A um, few months. Yeah, a few months. We we can, yeah. we usually churn through that quite quickly. Um, Emma, look, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure, and I'll continue to look forward to other projects that you keep doing. And um, look, thanks again. I think it's it's lovely to see houses and projects that have soul and real soul rather than just tricked up because it happens to be fashionable at the moment and it's nice to see people who actually are very committed to recycling in a in a a design savvy way rather than just throwing it together and just saying it's recycled because it's beautiful work it's really lovely thank you so much emma for coming on the show today you've been with stephen crafty talking design at rmit university in melbourne thanks so much for listening